Chapter 21 The house smelled like bacon and coffee, the two best things in the world, after the best thing in the world. Joe was asleep, softly breathing. I felt full of energy, well-rested and relaxed. I showered again. My clothes needed to be washed or burned, but the jeans were almost acceptable and I had an extra t-shirt and underclothes in the car. Dave was sitting at the table looking at a laptop computer. He pointed at the kitchen area. Self-service. Don't make a mess. I said, Yes, sir. I found a pile of plates on the counter and a large skillet on the stove. The skillet contained bacon and scrambled eggs, one pile next to the other. Sliced bread was on a cutting board by the toaster. A butter dish was out, and jelly in a jar. A pitcher of freshly made coffee and cups to pour it in were right there on the table, for easy access. I loaded up with bacon and eggs. Dave was looking at the news. I set my plate down and pulled out a chair. He said, You want to hear it? I said, Sure. He'd gleaned the useful information, separated it from the rest, and summarized. Looks like 12 dead, 5 of them Mexican nationals, 15 injured, some critically, so the death count may rise. How many did you bag yourself? I said, shot 2 or 3, burned 2 to death, another 2 got shot by the crazy guy, Caleb. Kinda did me a favor. Dave was looking at me with his head tilted slightly. He said, not bad for today's army. Air Force. He turned back to the computer. The burned pickup truck is being attributed to the shooter. No details on that. Just journalists speculating. But the FBI did come in with a forensic unit. I said, they give out any uh, useful information? None from the FBI, but all kinds from nosy reporters. He turned the computer around and showed it to me. The article said they'd found... 5.56 caliber NATO rounds mixed up with assorted calibers from law enforcement, and a 9mm Smith & Wesson that Caleb had been carrying, along with his AR-15 copy. I shrugged. The FBI was not going to miss any details. The parking lot was going to be blocked off and divided into a grid. A team of highly trained and experienced investigators would comb through that grid with white suits and rubber gloves. Everything not nailed down would get bagged and taken to forensic examination. For projectile trajectories, they would come in with laser scanners and rangefinders. The wind resistance and humidity would be measured and used to calculate each bullet's precise trajectory. All of that was going to get modeled in a computer and then poured over by a team of nerds. There was no chance that they would miss the fact that three of the dead were killed by 9mm rounds at close range, away from the other shootings, and that two had been burned to death by Coke-bottled Molotov cocktails. But they weren't going to volunteer their unanswered questions either. The feds tend to keep themselves to themselves and relentlessly pursue the investigation, no matter how long it takes. I said, So they're keeping the burned guys to themselves. Don't blame them, since they have no answers. No doubt they will figure out the narco connection, which will puzzle them from around ten years. 
publicly, they will lump it in with everything else. Dave said, most likely. It's not like they're going to give information to the narcos for free. I said, they release names? Dave said, not officially, but names are coming out unofficially, on blogs and social media accounts. It's impossible to stop it. Look at this. He switched windows in his web browser and pointed to a list of casualty names. Doesn't say if they're dead or injured, but someone leaked. Didn't find any Elena on the list. I scrolled down and found Jolene Teresa Medina Cordero. I put my finger on the name and said, Turns out her name's not Elena, it's Jolene. So we know that one's dead. I verified it. Dave said, Jolene, huh? Like the Dolly Parton song. I said, Call her Joe. Dave shrugged. We exchanged pleased looks. I poured a cup of coffee. It was excellent. Through the glass doors, I could see the oak trees that Mallory had marked out for her final resting place. I left Dave to his research and stepped out onto a wide deck. It was still early and not yet scorching hot. There was even a cool breeze. I stretched and cracked my joints. The stand of oaks was planted at the foot of rolling hills on the other side of a big horse pen. It was a large group of trees, widely distributed to make room for long branches that swept almost to the ground. I had read about oak stands, how underground the roots are all connected, like a family, and they talk to each other somehow, in the language of nutrients, with the help of subterranean funguses. A half-dozen old trees were spread out below the hills. Here in West Texas they grow low and wide, as if to go any higher would just dry them out more than was necessary. The powerful bows branched off low enough that I leaned my arms in the junction of one of them, where a bow meets trunk. The air smelled of manure and grass, and I figured that the trees were old enough to have been planted there by the first optimistic settlers. They must have been optimists, because back then as now, this was frontier territory, and only the toughest survived. The sun was coming up over the hills. On the other side was the ranch house. The sun would go down behind that. Mallory walked over in bare feet and jeans. She said, You like the spot? I said, Smells nice. No oil to drill for down here, so we are safe from that pretty much forever. I did not ask how she was feeling, because I figured that she was feeling bad. But it would be impolite to ignore the elephant in the room. I said, How do you prepare for death, mentally? Must be a challenge. She said, You can't prepare for it. I don't think anyone can. So you just live with it there, like, right there next to you, breathing over your shoulder all the time. You know what that's like, Keeler. I said, not the same. This is a sure thing. Mallory shrugged and brushed her foot against the rough bark. You ever see that old Ingmar Bergman movie about death? I shook my head. Mallory said, I've had plenty of time to watch TV recently. Saw it late one night. The movie... It's about a guy who comes back from a Middle Eastern war. Time-wise, we're talking the Middle Ages and the Crusades. Guy gets back to Sweden, and death is there waiting for him, 
like he survived all those tours and comes back only to find death waiting at home. It's in the time of the plague and everything. So the guy makes a deal with death, tries to negotiate. And death lets him go? No. The guy challenges death to a game of chess. In the end, he loses the game, and death takes him away. But in the meantime, he's distracted death long enough to save a couple of people. Death is pissed, but there's nothing he can do. I said, tactical delay. Magnificent. So how are you going to distract death? Mallory looked up at me with a twinkle in her eye. I feel like I already have. She walked over to one of the oaks. It had roots rippling out of the stony ground. This is the one. I'm going to be buried right here. She traced a rectangle with her toe. My body will be buried here, but I'll live on out there, cheating death. I said, how do you figure that? Elena's dead, right? Officially speaking, in terms of bureaucracies and narco cartel accounting, I hope so. So what's she going to do now? Walk around like a ghost? No. She's going to get a new name with a new identity. I said, you want Elena to replace you? Mallory said, that's right. She's going to replace me. What about the doctors and everyone up at the VA hospital? I thought about that. I've already stopped cooperating with the doctors. You think that'll work? They won't come after you? She said, They're sick of me. Believe me, I'm a pain in the ass. I said nothing. Mallory punched me in the arm. Come on, what do you think, killer? I think it's an outstanding plan. Mallory beamed with happiness. Thank you. I think so, too. But her name's not Elena, and the whole journalist story was hooey. Yeah, no shit. What is she really, a Mexican cop? El Lagarto's mistress. Wife got jealous and put out a hit. Mallory's eyes twinkled, and her mouth turned up in an amused grin. Outstanding. We looked over at the ranch house. Perfect timing. Joe was setting down her breakfast plate. Her and Dave were talking. She glanced at us through the glass doors, smiled, and raised her hand, wiggling the fingers. We waved back at her. The End